it sort of teed up this like I have to impress people I have to like kind of do something build something be something whatever and so when I got to start to work um, I started to realize my skills were in, in advertising and so I made it my mission to go find the best brands in the world and work with them so I started working with Universal Studios and Amazon and Gordon Ramsay and South Park and the MLB and all these cool brands and that really pivoted everything. I was buying, was trying to buy the big house, trying to buy the cars, trying to buy just everything. I was trying to do everything. I had to impress so many people with all this material worth. And part of my journey has been breaking down these old constructs. So I came back, got rid of about 80% of my clients, kept 20%, and I wake up happy every day instead of miserable. Hi everyone. Uh, my name is David Robinson and welcome to the story of why a chance to talk to people who have started companies, but more importantly, have lived their life along the way, learning more about what they want to do uh, and telling that story to others and also sharing their vision about where they want to go and trying to help them get there. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm Dave. Hi, I'm Corey. Nice to Thanks for here. having me, Dave. Um, it's an honor. So I guess this is a shift for me going from being interviewed to interviewing. Um, and so we're also going to just free flow a little bit. And um, so I think I want to ask you, um, how did we meet? Um, oh, we, uh, we originally pitching you, I guess. You, you had seen some stuff that Chris and I were doing, my business partner. And um, I guess you saw some posts and we were, it seemed like we were doing something that you kind of liked or like aligned with, with what your vision is. And, uh, and, uh, you reached out to Chris, and then we had a coffee, and then that coffee turned into a couple of drinks, I think, and then um, the rest is history, I think, right? I think I can do a better job than that, because yeah, okay. it was more meaningful to okay, me. Okay, okay. So, um, yes, I did see a social media post with your partner, Chris, on it that was doing some interesting stuff, and I added him, and he actually wrote me and said, uh, hey, you know, I saw we added on LinkedIn, we want to get a coffee, and I love having coffee with people, so... Uh, you guys came up to Fractal and hadn't seen it yet, probably heard about it. You were actually in another co-working space at that time. And um, we just sort of started chatting and immediately kind of connected because we were talking about real things, uh, mental health. Um, you were at that point, uh, you guys were involved in um, True Protocols, I think, which is a wellness-based uh, medicine, um, which intrigued me because um, mental health is something that I've had a real interest in um, since I took it seriously in my life because I think we've all had times in our life where we haven't felt great and I decided to accept that and, and look into it. And you guys were really hitting on topics that meant something to me mm -hmm. and I think we were, both, we were all feeling that and there was some energy that was... Um, when was that? Was it like a year, or a little bit over a year ago? So, so we, we met around 2019? No, you opened in 2019, you said. We opened February of 2019 okay. and today is... October 2020. Um, I'm guessing, but I kind of felt like it was three or four or five months after, so it would have been late 2019, I think. Okay. Uh, maybe mid to late 2019. Yeah, it was the summer, actually. Felt like summer, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, it was summer because we walked over to the pub after. Yeah. Um, and so that was the real test is that we were – I showed you around. I told you what we were working on, and, uh, and then we said, hey, do you want to get a beer? Yeah. And then we went across the road, and you had another fellow that was there. And there was another serendipitous moment that happened with him where we were talking about GSP and right. how he had used his um, childhood bullying as an opportunity to motivate him, but that it wasn't a source of, um, of hate 
that he actually, and I, I, I think I was telling the story about how he'd met his childhood bully and, and apologized to him. And Yeah, you brought up GSP and then mm-hmm. Cleo, our business development mm-hmm. guy, he was texting GSP because yeah. he was his wrestling coach when he yeah. was in MMA. Yeah, so yeah. that took it to a whole other yeah. level that yeah. it, it, it would just, it kept extending. The energy yeah. kind of just kept uh, pulling us together. And yeah. then, so hearing what he was working on, and so, yeah, it was honestly something that I, that was very meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think then the relationship sort of continued to develop. Um, and then I think the be- next big hurdle or the next big, um, moment was when COVID hit mm-hmm. and you and I continued, had continued to talk about how mental health was important. And then there was a massive need, um, that society was being isolated and we had a concern that was going to cause some really bad things in society and you built um yg cares which was an online platform for just kingstonians to get together uh, on zoom and talk about things that matter to them and support each other and then it just kept you know exploding and blossoming and was an example of how digital forums can be emotionally supportive Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and then i mean i guess i'm going off on about what we're how our relationship was formed, and I think it's yeah, quite it's important. Just, like for me, when we before we first met, I had just come off like a year of pretty crazy transformation from like a um, a mental emotional state standpoint. And uh, after that, it was kind of like just I'm on purpose, and I'm on. I've got to find some people that are doing cool shit and that want to go deep, right? Have deep conversations try to impact the world in a, in a good way, try to be there for other people and, and, um, and do the right thing, I guess, to sum it up. And then, yeah, when we first met, it was like, okay, we're going to work together in some capacity. Didn't know what that was. And, uh, and we're going to align on something over mm-hmm. time. And uh, YG Cares, I think, was the first sort of thing we were able to sort of sink our teeth into because you were a big part of helping shape that in the beginning, I think, too. And... Um, well, and yeah, there's all this other cool stuff you're working on now. That's yeah. I think um, I think it it was our first step from conceptual alignment to uh, a real project. Yeah. You did ninety percent of it, but I was involved in the beginning. Um, but that was an, a sign that you were real and that you had an ability to really execute on building. I you built a brand quickly that mm-hmm. had massive meaning connected to it, not just a brand of of plastic stuff, um, of buying shit. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think you got really noticed because of that. And, you know, during COVID us kind of surviving as well as we could. And then, uh, I think you and I sat down one day or I think, I mean, we have a massive amount of needs around here and, and marketing and branding and positioning has been something that's been important to me. And I think you and I sat together and... We had the men's group with Craig and right. those guys yes. and we were yes. afterwards. Yes, that's another one that um, brought us closer that we have a group of men here that also care about you know, uh, mental health and emotional health and that um, it was natural here that the men that were here were kind of having coffees and talking about real stuff and then we you know, started to find more and one of the members here took the lead and said, let's have it at my place. So we went out. Um, once a month to this farm and would sit with five other men, you being one of them, Greg McIntyre and a few others that really just talked about what was on their mind. Mm -hmm. And that continued to solidify a relationship. And then um, 
I guess I started to look at COVID, uh, you know, as a scary thing, but then realized that the whole world had realized that their life is more important to think about and that work has changed and that the office has changed, which is all kind of where we were trending anyway. And, mm-hmm. and I sat with you and you said, I can really help with marketing, but I'm actually really strong at operations. I can help get things done, which is what I needed a lot of help with. So mm-hmm. brought you on. Uh, to help with no real hard definition of role, but mostly in a branding, marketing, and then trickling down, getting the things done through good project management. And you've been here about a month, and it's just been amazing to have, in one month's time, when you're working with someone you, that you like and is talented, we've achieved, achieved a lot in a month. Um, not even just work, but like deeper connection mm-hmm. and deeper understanding of what we're all trying to do and then realizing that we all want to do it together. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been an interesting month because I've got a lot of other things on my plate, mm-hmm. but this doesn't seem this seems like it's it's um, we're trending towards something big. And like you said, with with COVID and everything, it's kind of really opened up our eyes, I guess, to what's really important. And then I think it's been it's showing us, you know, what we all have in common, and it's very simple. Um, we all have struggles. We all have things that we're dealing with. Um, but we all want more simplicity and more freedom, I think. And, um, when we talk about the workplace, that is one area that hasn't allowed for a lot of freedom, right. In, in the, in the past. Um, and I think we have an opportunity. I think we're not the only ones that have the opportunity and the, and the responsibility too to create that freedom for people, um, where they can come and work how they want, live how they want. Um, we're all working from home now, so we might as well figure out a way to do it right. Um, and I think there's challenges with that and there's a lot of things that are still uncertain with it, but there's, um, there's some cool stuff brewing that, um, I think we'll, we'll be able to really provide that, facilitate that, right? You can't give someone freedom. They have to find it for themselves, Mm -hmm. but, um, you've done an amazing job creating a space here that allows for that. You didn't create a space, you created a feeling. And that's what's going to continue to move the needle, I think, and, and provide that for folks. Yeah, we actually spent this past weekend in a strategy session, Corey, and, and the rest of the management team. And I think that was the conclusion is that trying to lay out a guidepost that helps us make decisions. And we realized if we deliver great value for the person, the customer, whatever you want to call them, if it's the right decision for them on, the, on that human scale, then it's probably a good decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's what the... I hate using the word brand because it always implies money. Yeah, I was going to say this feels like a marketing. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't know what, like... I don't know what other word to use, <laughs> yeah. but um, how do you refer to a company that's trying to describe itself? But for me, I think I always had a sensitivity to how people felt. And I kind of felt like environments and people didn't really care. Um, so I think I had a personality that was hard for me to understand and that there was times that I didn't really want to be in the spotlight and I kind of felt like there really wasn't a lot of options. And certainly when I came to work, the, the office space was non-engineered for the person right down to, you know, if you look at corporate situations, they were in places that were not convenient for the people and they certainly weren't flexible on any, on any level saying, um, how about you work where you want that gives you the best environment to be happy and productive. So the whole thing was sort of engineered poorly. Um, 
But I think at the root of it, it was about creating an experience for a human that made them feel good mm -hmm. for them, yeah. not for me. And so this place has always been kind of a capture of people that we can hear, what do you like, what do you not like? Mm -hmm. And so it's this first location really is a, a prototype. And they probably all will be because I guess humans are always evolving and changing. But at the heart of it, it's about people and what we can do for them to make them feel good and and, uh, and also connect them with others that make them feel good. And mm -hmm. I mean, I can go down a rabbit hole of what companies are and, and what life is about when it comes to work, but my big dream is to make this a vehicle for people to make their dreams less scary uh, because it's quite daunting when you look at, hey, I really like this and I'd like to do, you know, make a business out of it. You're gonna have a whole bunch of people that are gonna tell you you're silly, mm -hmm. um, including family, friends, and everyone. We don't do that here. We embrace them, help mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. And then all the stuff that makes it difficult to execute, like, where do I start? Mm -hmm. um, we often connect you with another person, which is a way to bridge that gap. That it, Doing things on your own is what our default is, but truthfully, it's a whole bunch more exciting when you have others that want to help. Mm -hmm. So that's my bigger dream of Fractal is to forget corporate clients. Uh, I know that's dangerous, but truthfully, the, a society where people are doing things that they love and the truth is almost 55% of the workforce is moving to an independent situation anyway. Look, even look at mine and your relationship. I have no interest in knowing you. I don't want to call you an employee. I don't want you to only work here. And I have no interest in being an yeah. employee. <laughs> so there's, there's a shift. That's a two-way yeah. shift. Like it's, yeah. that's, I don't want that and you don't want it. And it's easy. It's easy to do that now. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, have, we have all the tools. I mean, I've been working online for six or so years. Like I've been on my business has been virtual for a long time. Um, and it's been easy. And it's been allowed. It's allowed me to create a lot of freedom. Uh, it's a lot. It allowed me to go through my mental health journey, like we were talking about before. Otherwise, I'd, I wouldn't have been able to do it. I don't think if I was stuck in mm -hmm. the nine to five, working mm -hmm. for someone, and mm -hmm. not that working for someone's a bad thing, but uh, working for someone who doesn't have your best interest in mind is is a problem. And a lot of people, it's hard. It's it's hard for even for those leaders that. They have to hit bottom line. They have to create shareholder value. They have to do all these different things. It's hard to continue to be there for the employees, in, in my opinion. Um, back then, right? Um, I get it. I get. I guess I'm trying to say that I empathize with with um, the pressure of leading a company. But there's, uh, I still just constantly go back to the people. It's all about the people. And the more you can empower people, and the more you can help them with whatever it is that they need outside of work, they'll be more happy here um, in, in, in any way. Um, I try to lean down my staff so I don't have a lot of employees. It's all outsourced um, normally. Um, but I still try to be there. I still try to support as best I can. And then the stuff with True Protocols is that's ramping up. We're now looking to hire some people and we're working with business development um, representatives like you met Cleo. And... Um, we don't want to just have them hustling product or hustling content or hustling advertising. We want them to truly live the values of the company. And, um, and I think that's an important thing, starting with the values, right? We mm -hmm. talked about that a lot this weekend. We, you and I talk about that a lot. And I think that's what, I think that's what um, keeps us having good conversations and mm -hmm. keeps us dialed in and aligned mm -hmm. is because I'll send you a text or you'll send me a little video or something or whatever it is. And, and that you know that that sparks something in me and then we can go off on this deeper mm -hmm. level of conscious flow, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it. 
and uh, we can uncover little things that we might need from each other. Just even sitting, holding space, talking about things and asking questions and things like that allows for us to kind of understand each other better, but it helps us understand ourselves better too, especially when you add that element of vulnerability, which I think you and I both kind of have into us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if you look at, it's been happening to me over the last week, I get pulled into all these old routines that were sort of built for us and, and maybe they were they were good routines at the time. But we are, you know, insanely programmed to think a certain way, yet the world's changing around us. So even just look at work structure. Um, Look at what we did this weekend where we brought you in on the values because we wanted you to help us shape them, that we build something that relates to the people that are working here. The companies don't usually do that. They're like, here are the values, Mm -hmm. instead of including them. Mm -hmm. There's just so many things we do that I honestly don't think work that well. And what a great opportunity to kind of say, well, let's try something else. The problem is, so you know, the whole system is kind of built around the previous rules. But um, I think that's what we're looking at is is new structures and new ideas. Um, and that's what I see you and I doing because the parts that resonate with us are the deeply emotional ones. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to to do it differently where we discuss our emotions and then build systems around those emotions, mm-hmm. not all these systems that exist and ignore the emotions. Yeah, I think with COVID, just because I've gone through a pretty cool mental transformation doesn't mean I still don't battle those demons. But it takes understanding, I think, right? It takes compassion for yourself to know that you're going to go and do the work you need to get through that thing. And it's going to be a lesson, right? Um, yeah, and I think that's that's a fine line right now. It's a hard thing to sort of build into the corporate structure, the corporate culture, I guess. It's 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 not hard as in uh, we know we want to do it. It's hard as in will it be accepted, in my opinion. Um, it feels like it's, it's we're going through a shift, but it's still kind of, we're still kind of in it. And I think pe- more people are opening up. And I'm not saying that as like a, as like a, it's like, a, it's not a daunting challenge for us. It's, we're, I think we're actually part of leading it, but um, there's, there's a lot still to be done. You can't just say you can't just say that you support this and do that. You actually have to live it, and you have to show that you uh, that you live it. Whether that's supporting people of color or women's rights or whatever it is, you actually have to do it. Mm-hmm. You can't just say that you do it. You have to lead by example. That's the only way to sort of provide change and show that you're part of um, something bigger. I think. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we talked about this weekend was B Corp and how it was something that was kind of introduced to us by Don and Alan, who does some strategic planning for us. But, you know, when you are looking around for other people that are thinking differently and you were one of them that I resonated to, it's pretty cool that um, the Internet allows us to connect with people globally. And that was an organization that we connected with that is starting to accept that the measurement and the way that companies do business needs to change. Um and so, yeah, I think we're starting to see a bigger groups of people. And, and there's a lot of large corporations that are involved in that uh, to say it's, it's changing. Uh, I think we never feel like it's actually changing. We're like, oh, the old way is still there. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you have to take your head out of the uh, present um, situation and realize it is changing and, and we're going to get on board with it and we're going to believe in it. Mm-hmm. And that's scary because the old system is, you know, 400 years old capitalism with all its mechanisms, right? So changing that's not simple. Um, but I think that's what I love hanging around with people like you is that we we dream that, that it could be better because it's, it's had an impact on our life. I mean, 
stopping and saying, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? And how do I feel? And why am I so angry? And all these things is it's undeniable that when you deal with it, it has a positive impact on your life. Yeah. And what's your experience been with that facing your demons? Um, if I can go there, yeah, hundred percent. That's the stuff I love to talk about. Yeah, I think the first one I had you, before you started this, like my understanding of your background and uh, having gotten to know you over the last couple of years, I guess, is uh, you know you left the family business and you were kind of on a mission, but you didn't really know what that was, mm-hmm. and you got lost for a little bit on purpose, yeah, probably right. And then you kind of recalibrated, kind of learned what you needed to learn, and and now we're moving forward in this direction. But what what's your version of that? Well, I think if we go back, we were born in a time that was still quite systematized, meaning there was a lot of norms that may have not been the healthiest. Mm -hmm. One being that parents were proud that their children could maybe do what they do and be successful, things like university and all those kind of checks some boxes. So um, I followed some of that sort of format and went to university, you know, with encouragement from my, my family, which I think is also a dynamic one. Like how do you encourage your kids to, um, to do things that are positive, but not putting your own, um, spin on it. Not easy to do. So I was part of that, that I went to university, probably a good thing, but you know, maybe not exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and lived a lot of that stuff. And then I think I was getting put into doing something that I wasn't actually that great at, you know, but I could learn, um, cause I worked hard, but it was finance that was really dynamic and interesting, but that's what my family did. And, but I knew a long time that I was trying to prove something to my dad and mom, mm-hmm. which is, you know, they gave me a ton. So how do you not want to, how do you not want to impress your folks when they've given you a bunch? It's just natural, right? But you can get lost in that journey. Like if you, if they gave you a whole bunch and you did nothing, well then you're probably an asshole. On some level, like if I give you a big gift, do you not kind of feel like, wow, I kind of owe him something? It shouldn't be like that, but there's this human nature. So part of my life was driven by a bit of that, trying to impress my parents because they were impressive. They were amazing. Um, But then along the way, I'm like, I'm not really good at this. And there was an internal lie that I kept telling myself that I am good at finance and I like it. But everybody else, I mean, anyone that was close to me, my friends, they knew that I wasn't great at it. Um, So it it was a facade. And then I think eventually I was like, I gotta stop lying to myself. It was actually what happened was we were a growing company and we hired a consultant to help us position. And he said, You guys should get assessed to see what you need for management help. We hired an industrial, was called an industrial behavioralist, a guy named uh, Gotkevich. And he's been doing it a long time. And he sat with me and he talked. And I just told him the truth, my truth that I thought I was living, like, you know, I'm, you know, life's tough. You're supposed to be a little bit unhappy. Hmm. And he wrote a report and he said, dude, you are chronically stressed and you're not well done, positioned. He put it right in front of me. Like you're actually not good at this job, which is what I needed. And that was the opening. And so it was fascinating. I read the report once and I was like, none of that's true. Denial. Right. And then I'm like, I think I was sitting at home one night and I smoked a joint or something. And I'm like, maybe I'll read it again. And I read it again. I'm like, well, that's not true. That's not true. That maybe is a little bit true, but the rest isn't true. And I then, over the next few weeks, read it 25 times. And when I got to the 25th or whatever it was, it was all true. Hmm. But the delayering of the denial was quite an arduous process. The ego, stripping away the Holy ego. Holy moly. Yeah. Like it wasn't one day. It was like taking it layer by layer going, this is all bullshit. Mm-hmm. I'm bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then I couldn't go back. And so I called it a sabbatical. 
when, and everyone's like, oh, Dave's on a sabbatical, maybe a month or something. I don't know how many people come back from a sabbatical, but I couldn't. <laughs> After four weeks of just like thinking about my life, I couldn't stop it. Yeah. I'm like, I got, I got to get away. I got to do something else. So I, you know, I, I owned part of the company and I'd worked in it for a while. So I, I said I'd like to sell my shares and my brother wanted to take over. So we kind of navigated the, the family business, I think, better than most families. Anyway, that started the journey. And then just continually going more into psychology, more into behavior. And so became obsessed with understanding who I really was. Mm. Best thing I ever did. Mm-hmm. Took me a really long time. but and I, and I also then somewhere along the line said, I don't care what people think. That was the next one going, if I don't let go of this judgment, I will never be happy. So that was phase two. Like the first one was the lie I was telling. The next one was, I don't give a shit what people think. I grew a massive beard. <laughs> I rode my bike everywhere. Did not give a shit. So that was, that was mine. I, I don't know what yours it was, but I'd love to hear it. That was my version of my awakening, I guess. Yeah, I think uh, the big thing that you were, that I understood and the way I would like um, articulate, I guess, what I heard from what you said is you broke your ego. You realized how much of a stranglehold it had on you, mm-hmm. whether that's past conditioning that's created that stranglehold or, or um, a little bit of your own doing, probably, probably a little bit of both. It's hard for me to say, but... Um, I had the same thing. I definitely had the same thing. Um, mine was a little bit different. Um, my family dynamic, um, we were, you know, um, middle class, just like a nice, normal family. Uh, I was given everything that I needed, um, not too much. Um, but there was an element of um, I needed more. I needed more. I needed to be something more for other people was 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 part of the big thing. We moved... Um, cities when I was about eight years old and around that time just from my understanding of psychology is a very important time um, for a young child um, as the ego starts to sort of really kind of build up there and I was instantly thrusted into this moment of having to make new friends and I attributed that to be part of where things went wrong for me is moving to a new city and having to make friends and I went to a really tough elementary school it was really like it felt jail yardish sometimes like it was bad bullying was horrible just some really tough stuff not like extremely tough but it was mentally draining mentally exhausting mentally and a whole, um, how old, old were you when you started that uh, eight, eight. eight. Wow. yeah and so it was just there's just some of the people there i, I don't want to like go too deep down that but that was where i think i really saw sort of my ego taking shape because not only did i have to impress new people and make new friends but i also had to like conform to this weird like schoolyard policy of like kind of rough and rowdy style um and uh i really uh, had some friends that went down some pretty dark paths Uh, one of my best friends when i was around that age he ended up um not long after high school overdosing and and um, passing away of uh, opioid uh, opioid overdose um uh, fentanyl and uh yeah so there was a lot that i was sort of like transitioning into at a young at a young age and and then from there uh it was sort of it sort of teed up this like i have to impress people i have to like kind of do something build something be something whatever and so when i got to start to work um i started to realize my skills were in in advertising and um well i went to school for that but i also was i got to be pretty good at it i worked my way up pretty quickly to becoming a director marketing at a uh, mid-sized agency and um, was doing some good work but one one big pivotal moment for me just in terms of like work and then the, what what tr- 
transition to that ego breakdown, um, I would say so from when I was eight years old to when I was about 28, I had my ego just running the show. I was robotic. Conditioning was running everything like you were mentioning before. Um, no real purpose, but a lot of anger and a lot of unexpressed emotions, a lot of repressed, repressed emotions. And uh, when I was about 28, uh, working at this agency, we landed Steam Whistle. And uh, that was one of the big um, moments because I realized in, just in work that um, I was doing everything for everyone and nothing for no one. We were this mid-sized agency and at a mid-sized level, you you kind of have to do a lot. We were doing SEO and Facebook ads and email and all these other things. And we, I had about 15 clients on the go. And so there's just like just so much so much going on and not a lot really at the same time, you know what I mean? And, and starting to work with Steam Whistle, their tagline is do one thing really well. And I started to dive in there. It took us like a long time to close them too. It was about a year that we ended up like nurturing them and going to meet with them and presenting stuff. And as I got to do that, I got to see their culture and their, their cultures around this do one thing really well. And everyone sort of, not everyone has their one thing. They all sort of help each other and they sort of spread their skills across the board a little bit. But the idea that doing one thing really well stuck with me. And I was realizing I'm not doing one thing really well. So I kind of gave myself um, about six months. Um, I said, I'm going to do, I'm going to double down on this one thing that I have and I'm going to make that my, my thing. And I'm going to just test it out. And I think I lasted about three months because I realized that my one thing was Facebook ads and I got really, really good at it. I made it my mission to understand the algorithms better than anybody else. I felt like I was doing that. And I left and I still didn't trust myself all that well. So I went and worked for um, an old client of mine. I had a good relationship with him. And um, it, he, uh, he allowed me to sort of really run with the marketing of, of the product that we were offering and the service we were offering. And um, I was allowed to sort of use the budget how I wanted to. And at that point, he was barely spending anything on Facebook and mostly on Google. And so I, I took a bit of a bold stance and I said, let's go with everything on Facebook and maybe just a little bit on Google just for catching up with people that are in, in search. And we ended up like transforming the whole business because we were able to scale up. We were able to add team members. We were able to expand the product line, expand the, the, the services. And um, we took his business um, to another level with it. So then I realized, oh shit, I can do this on my own. I don't need to be an employee anymore. I, I want to create something of my own. This goes back to when I was younger where I needed to do something to prove something to what somebody. Year was this, this was 2016 when I ended up going out on my own. Okay. So 2016, I go out on my own and I'm building my thing and I'm doing a good job. You know, money's coming in. I created the super efficient business model and I thought as an advertiser, you, you should be working with the best brands in the world. So I made it my mission to go find the best brands in the world and work with them. So I started working with Universal Studios and Amazon and Gordon Ramsay and South Park and the MLB and all these cool brands, but I was still fucking miserable. I was still proving something to somebody and it wasn't me. And so I ended up um, having a bit of a breakdown, um, maybe similar to you where you kind of went off on your own, you grew the beard and kind of went on a journey. I did the same thing, but... Um, Mine was out of a, a deep physiological and psychological need. I was uh, mentally unwell, um, and that sort of depression and anxiety that I'm referring to led to some suicidal ideation, and I wasn't happy, and I was realized that I needed to do something. I also didn't 
believe in the Western allopathic approach to mental health and synthetic drugs and SSRIs and things like that. I didn't want to go that route. I wanted to find something more natural, more, um, I guess it's a little bit alternative and definitely esoteric, but I ended up going down to Central America and experiencing a few different um, alternative healing options. Um, and that really pivoted everything. And we can go there and we can talk about that all day. You know the story behind that. But um, that really transformed everything for me. And I came back just with a whole new lease on life. And the, the, the journey away allowed me to do the same thing that you were describing. It allowed me to strip away my ego. It allowed me to see what I was... What I was um, looking for what I was missing what I was um what I was truly needing in my life and we were talking about Pearl Jam before we started recording here and I realized that I can't buy what I want because it's free and that's a quote from the lyrics of uh a Pearl Jam song Corduroy and um that what I that's what I thought I was doing before right I was I was buying trying to buy the big house trying to buy the cars trying to buy just everything. I was trying to do everything. I had to impress so many people with all this material worth. And I didn't actually even do that before, but I saved up all this money as if I was going to. So I ended up going from that moment to where we are today about spending a hundred thousand dollars on rebuilding my mind, body, and inner self. That's kind of how I describe it. And it all started with kind of initially sort of steam whistle in that way, but then just kind of moving into doing my own thing and then breaking all that away and, and then kind of rebuilding things back up. And, and here we are now, 2020 <laughs> crazy world we're living in but I'm mentally stable mentally healthy um, I don't have any of those past um, complexes getting in the way suicidal ideations gone long gone never coming back and I have tools that I can look to now that allow me to um, get through the tough moments in life that I find uh, to be tough and um, I've got a beautiful um, partner and we're expecting a child and I'm working on some really cool shit and I wake up happy every day instead of miserable. And uh, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful life now. It's a fucking beautiful life. And working with you and, and, and meeting you is, is part of that journey. And um, it's just begun, man. We're, we're really just getting started, I think. And um, yeah, I guess I'll end it with some gratitude for you because um, part of my journey has been breaking down these old constructs and a lot of that's been with work and who I partner with and who I work with and how I work with them. And you've been you've allowed for some of that um, uncomfortable, um, uncomfortableness, I guess, the, the friction that can come with growth, which is to speak how you want to speak and say what you want to say without feeling like you're going to um, be taken in, in another context or um, be reprimanded for whatever it is that you you have said or what you've done. So you create a lot of freedom within the company that you've started and the, and the employees that you have. But as someone on the outside coming in, you've allowed me to kind of test those skills a little bit. And I don't think I've told you that, but I take stock of a lot of those things with with, with what I'm working on and what I'm learning and I try to apply those things and if I apply them and they work, I, I found the right person that, that I can kind of go through that with and, and you're one of those people. So thank you very much, brother. Thank you. <laughs> I enjoy it as much as you do. So just tell us where um, that awakening happened and then what you're working on right now. Plug <clears throat> a little bit about how 
because I mean, my journey got me to Fractal and found out that I wanted to build space that helped people's lives. But I think you're working on something right now too that maybe have been a result of your awakening a little bit. So what are you working on these days? Yeah, so the 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 breakdown, this the first part of your question, I think was the the awakening happened in Costa Rica. I went to this um, facility down there to try uh, a psychedelic called ayahuasca. Um, and it's traditionally used in the Amazon um, through uh, various tribal um, communities to heal um, a lot of different uh, mental and physical um, debilitations. And for me, everyone's experience with it is, is different, but for me, it allowed me to, like I said, break down that ego, but it really allowed me to connect to something a little bit more spiritual, more connected in a, in a lot of ways. I know a lot of that sounds kind of woo-woo, and, and these... Um, Practices are definitely very esoteric, and they're 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 coming they're becoming more popular, and a lot of more a lot more people are adapting them and or adopting them, sorry, and 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 they're coming to the West in a in a nice way, having been outlawed for so long. But uh, that was really a part of my journey. That was really the biggest part of the the, the transformation was having that experience and going through four ceremonies and um, just really like seeing things differently um, and. Uh, that in those in those ceremonies and throughout that journey, I was able to kind of see what I was doing and what I didn't like and where I kind of needed to go a little bit. So part of that was breaking away from the advertising a little bit, even though I know that's kind of my skill set. I needed to sort of transform that and use that in a way that allows me to do more good, because I wasn't I wasn't a part of I wasn't a part of the good. I was I was a part of sort of the bad in culture where social media really kind of takes a hold of. Um, our day-to-day and a lot of the psychological issues that we face today um, are as a result of social media, in my opinion. And I don't want to go down too much of a rabbit hole there, but there's a there's a big problem with the way these algorithms work, and I didn't want to be involved in that anymore. So I came back, got rid of about 80% of my clients, kept 20% just to pay the bills, and um, went on this mission to sort of transform everything, trying all these other esoteric things, breath work and Reiki and silent retreats and all these, all these things that, um, allowed me to kind of get deeper into my soul and my, what I really was sort of put here to do. And, um, over that, over the course of that time, I met Chris, I met Chris a little bit before that, I guess, but, um, we've been building uh, a health and wellness brand, uh, for the last little while. We're currently going through a rebrand. Um, we are, uh, true protocols and, our sort of mission is to make true health accessible. There's a huge problem in in society with chronic stress, chronic illness, and um, we believe we have some pretty cool tools to help with that. Um, right now, we we focus on chronic pain, but um, in 2021, we're going to be launching um, some really interesting programming and some new supplements um, and some new protocols that um, that help with a little bit more than just pain. Um, I like to look at what I'm doing in life um, from a lens of the biopsychosocial aspects of the human condition. So the biological, what, what's the biological makeup? Um, what's wrong, what's right? Um, the psychological makeup, that's the uh, emotional intelligence, the mental health, and then the social aspects, which is a lot of what we talk about of being vulnerable, connecting with others, and um, a lot of what we're missing now with COVID, I guess. And so we're trying to build some programming and some protocols to go along with that. Um, and I think at the end of the day, uh, one of my one of my mentors um, taught me this, uh, or he sort of has this um, this theory that the future doctor is the patient. And I've really kind of 
dove into that pretty hard and I believe that. I believe the future psychologist is the patient as well with some of the entheogenic plants that we have in this world where we're able to kind of heal ourselves in a lot of ways. Um, and uh, with really looking at the root cause of illness in any capacity, we can find the source. And um, a lot of that just takes really functional um, testing. And so I'm currently going through to get certified to be a functional diagnostic practitioner. Um, cool. which is part of the expansion of True Protocols, which allow me to run tests for people um, in tandem with their, their, their doctor. I'm not, we're not trying to replace doctors here, but we're trying to give people an alternative to, to healing, to find the source of what's wrong with them. So we'll be running lab tests for people that allows us to look at the various um, uh, aspects of the microbiome, for example, um, through stool testing, spit testing, um, urine testing, mm. and... Um, paint a real picture from the cellular level of what's going on in the body to create symbiosis, I guess, balance, ease. And um, a lot of that is is supplementation, but it's also some lifestyle behavioral stuff too. Um, diet, exercise, stress reduction. Um, a lot of people don't have outlets. They're trying, they're finding those things, but it's more than just, it's more than just eating right and exercising. Um, it's more than just taking supplements. Um, so it's kind of a holistic approach to it. Um, and we're excited to, to kind of put that out there in 2021. Amazing. Mm -hmm. I think they've heard enough from us cause that's kind of the story I think of both what you and I have experienced and how it's manifested into projects and business that we are highly connected to. So mm -hmm. out of all of it, I think if people are listening to that, this, they hear the, the power of being real and going after things that mean something to you and then building businesses around that. That's what I see the future of, of work being. Mm -hmm. Don't care where you do it or how you do it, but if it's something that's truly meaningful, there's nothing better in life. So I think we were both an example of that and also the multi-dimensional work structure where you can have multiple gigs and work with comp companies and people that you align with is a pretty exciting reality. If that's what's forming, that... Um, and I believe it is. I mean, it's it's that's what's happening. I know it's hard for us to believe, but uh, it is real. So thank you for your time today. Um, uh, you're somebody I respect and I look up to, and I'm excited to work with. Thank you, brother. Same to you. <laughs>